Holy shit. What? By the way, st- people need stop to... Stop this s- broadcast here. No, by the way, people need to stop go. asking the question, did you get a haircut? Well, because okay, no, 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 no. I can't see it time, from this. The answer is yes. I'm disagreeing. Sometimes I get asked the question, I'm like, no, I just styled it a little bit better today. And they're like, oh, okay, you just looked like shit yesterday. I'm seeing you from one angle here, Cam, and I just see a little floof, and then it's a little bit less on the side. Half the time, you have your hair tucked back, and I'm like, did you shave your head, or is it just tucked back? I can't tell the difference. So there, the question is valid. I mean, I guess so. I feel I think when I get a haircut, it's always it, it's the extremes, right? It goes to long, or like it will get like you know, I'll cut it short and then <clears throat> kind of to shaggy length, and then back to short, then back to shaggy. Like I rarely have an in between. Like Cam, you get a haircut to kind of keep your do going, maintain. Yeah, it's a maintain yeah. cut. Where me, on the yeah. other hand, I'm exclusively your haircut budget is two a year. I, that, in, and that's all that's year. all I can budget to be honest. Yeah. Hey, it's uh I I think a woman was talking to me about this the other day. A woman and they were saying that their haircuts cost I think in the range of 60 to 100 dollars, something around those lines, which to be fair sounds absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you're looking at a men's haircut, they're probably costing between 30 to 40 dollars per time. But if you're cutting your hair about once every six weeks and there's cutting theirs about twice a year, I'm spending way more money in haircuts. But at the same time, I have a way better relationship with my barber. So what does that mean? You tell me. It's hard to say. Yeah, Jess's cut. Yeah, I think she said hers is like 80 bucks a year. But yes, or 80 bucks a time or whatever. But yeah, same thing. Uh, if you're going four times a year versus if you're only going one time a year, how does that make sense? Yeah, where's the math line up? Where I does want, the math I want the, line up, folks? I want the. I, I remember there's one guy that had a membership to a haircut place. How does that benefit anybody? I don't know. He gets to go whenever he wants. I guess. And he's like, I would get my my hair trimmed up every every Friday before I went out into the city because I'm a city guy well, and I'm a fucking piece of shit. That's the thing, and a lot of people like you know the type of guy. You know the type of guy. A lot of people do that. No, that's exactly it. You get a haircut every couple of weeks, Cam. Um, you know, t- so you can continue to look good. Yeah, but there's a difference between the guy who's getting it on a weekly basis. So he's like, the f- the f- the fade is always f- 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 fresh. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess D- different strokes for different folks. I guess um, certainly those. Some people have more maybe presentable jobs. Jobs where I I work in a client facing job. But you you haven't faced you haven't faced a client in years. Every day I do. Yeah, you know, you video call a client. You might as well just yeah. be sexting them, Cam. You 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 don't have the personal handshake for Look all you know. Or for all your clients know, for that matter, you have one of those. Don't weak, even, don't even do the pants. You thing. have a weak. It, you're a hack. You have you're a, a weak hack. little half handshake where you kind of grab the fingers, oh, like, okay. all right. eh, you know, yeah, yeah. You have a strong uh, chin, a str- you know, a nice haircut. You wear vests, but for all, striking. but for all they know, you're a bad handshaker, and that could be enough for them to maybe not, you know, take a deal with you. Oh man, can't look someone in the eyes and have a weak handshake out the door. 
Hey, hey, nice to meet you. I see that. Turn around. We don't need an interview. See ya. Turn around. We're not even doing this anymore. Yeah. 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 It could be. Uh, ready to kick this shit off? Yeah, sure. Let's kick it. Continuing tonight on two season of pod. 96.7 on your Two season a pod, 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 two season a yeah, that's me. And uh, same name as the number one driver in F one right now. Are we related? No, but do we have something in common? Yes, we're both winners. Continue, Ken. And of course, you're talking about Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Charles Leclerc, actually. Oh, okay. So somebody who definitely someone doesn't keep up with the sport. Of. Yeah, because it's... Um, I would say most people who are actually watching the sport have heard of. Okay, are most people who are listening to the podcast keeping up with it. Uh, we do market to a primarily um, F one based pod. Or team, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. true, Cam. Um, you know, I've sort, I've sort of, we put a lot of the marketing strategies into your hands, um, and you kind of did your own little independent research, and you discovered that uh, the Formula One community is the most likely to listen to the podcast. Right, right. Any other, any other, any other findings from uh, from your research? I just kind of targeted people that I like and hope they'll like me back, you know? Right. So it was mostly I would, a lot I would of- call it a lot of research with, uh, you know, two thing- fingers in the air, air quotes, research. Yeah, because those were big air quotes that you give. Big air big quotes. Big air quotes. Yeah. Um, plat- hey, I think we got uh, bigger, not even news here. Um, we got instant analysis and instant reaction from game four attendee cam osborne uh cam we got you on the line here um give give me the breakdown you just came back yeah did you wear your raptors jersey uh yeah of course wear the raptors jersey so i i i I I guess i should preface i wasn't inside uh the acc as it were i was uh i've gone to jurassic park now for two games straight um, our company has some products out there in Jurassic Park. We've struck up a deal with MLSE, so they kind of want somebody, not only do they want somebody there, you know, on site, uh, you know, kind of making sure if everything goes wrong or anything like that, but also... Sorry, what, what are you offering to a area where people stand? Yeah, well, well, we just have, it's our digital signage. It's our billboards. It's our advertisements. You know, it's, uh, you know, those are the services that we provide, and we got our foot in the door with MLSE, so they seem to be keen... About whatever the hell that we're doing. Um, FaceTime Masai Jury right now. Mr. Big Shot, do it. Oh, is that Kyle? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I dialed dialed Kyle Lowry instead. That's a mistake. Masai's not picking up. Um, (laughs) He must uh, be busy. He he must be busy doing So were you working or was it play? It was, uh, it was play. Um, yeah. However, it was play with the, if something has to happen, I do it. But now there's like one thing I could do to potentially fix something. Other than that, it would be like 
in the venue's hands, if, if that kind of makes sense. Like, our screens aren't going to go down, and if they do, it's for one of two reasons. I can fix one, the other one, I can't. So right. it's more, more something like that. But, you know, of course, like, we got the passes, so uh, we ended up going So you down. need passes to get into Jur Jurassic Park? So it's a QR code system type of thing where the, tick uh, like, tick quote, tickets will go on sale uh, 24 hours before the game. And, and then it's, a, it's a first come, first serve for the tickets. Um, but I didn't need to do that. We just got passes anyways uh so i didn't have to worry about signing up for a qr code or anything like now, that are, are they free though the tickets they're free but when okay, i had yeah. checked yesterday online at about 5 or 6 p.m they were all, they were sold out and um it was pretty packed i wonder if there's a um aftermarket for them i nah probably not i don't think it'd be worth it yeah probably not but maybe I mean, right i mean the best you get is a free shirt and the opportunity to buy a beer for twelve dollars i mean i guess if you know you pay for that opportunity i got yeah. I, I i spent zero dollars on food and drink today they have a little tim hortons truck there that gives it's giving out free coffee love that so uh you know it's middle of the day for me i'm going to the gym after uh this recording here so i didn't want to you know jazz my jazz my brain up too much but uh some caffeine i'll do that yeah good on you mm -hmm. um post-game analysis other than environment other than environment yeah uh yeah it was a great game it was a lot of fun uh the guys played real hard out there pascal siakam obviously a great game we uh we're in a great position where we do this thing where our entire lineup is dudes taller than six eight yeah, and that's a big play. That's, that's a good an amazing strategy. spot to be in. I like how Nick Nurse thought about that. He said, "I don't want any guys under six eight. Well, that's not he, even he Nick Nurse. That, that's not even Nick Nurse thinking about it. That's Masai Ujiri building a team full of dudes who are six eight strong and uh, wingspan. Now, I was on the game there on Wednesday. The crowd was definitely more engaged today. Um, oh, sorry, that's environment. Uh, you, you didn't ask that question. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was. It was just a good. It was a very hard fought game. Um, the Toronto crowd was real into it, and, uh, I, yeah, I think, I think the crowd, you know, play, plays a big part in a home game, for sure, in a home, uh, home atmosphere. So now they go back to Philly, right? That's correct. Monday night, game five. Okay, and that's gonna be, a, that's gonna be a battle. That's gonna be a battle. Yeah, very much so. Very much so will be, um, but yeah, you know, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, might have to go back to Jurassic Park on Monday. I don't really know. Do you want to? Uh, it's kind of like a yes and no. Like, yes in that I would be watching the game anyways, right? right. But no in that, like, Mondays, I don't know, like, I want to go to the gym. I want to eat a good meal. I'd rather watch it from home or maybe just kind of pop, go around the block and watch it at Matt's place instead of... Because my after work, I don't have time. I don't have much time for stuff. Uh, especially if to do start doing that stuff at seven thirty. You know, I won't get home from s until six. What? It, yeah, probably not. I mean, what I time you, what time do you finish work? I leave the office. I uh, pretty much like close between five and five thirty. I'll leave the office at. And then it's a a decent commute to get back home. Yeah, you know, anywhere between like thirty five to forty five minutes to get back. And then you have forty five minutes of TikTok time, so that's burnt out. Exactly. 15 minutes of Instagram. Not only creating TikToks, but just watching the TikToks. And then dinner. 
um, oh, I don't. Digestion I, I don't. Eat, I don't eat until nine p.m. or so. You're I'd insane. Say. Yeah. Stop right there. That's all I got. It's it's, it's what it's the time. How the time works, right? If I'm home by six, um, ideally, ideally, like a perfect ideal, I'm at the gym for six thirty. Yeah. Leave the gym by seven thirty. Nice. Let's say I'm home and showered at eight. Showers? Who takes those anymore? Not Here's your first problem. Enough. Not me. I've been take uh, those in the morning. No. Now, are you doing are you doing high work? Like no, high because because workouts? I'm coming back from the gym, so I'd rather shower when yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't want to go to bed but, with sweaty. See, but the thing is, I find there's difference between my work. So when I was doing like Muay Thai, I needed to get a shower after that because I smelled like dog shit. If I'm just doing powerlifting shit, I'm not going to be sweating that much. I'm just going to be physically broken. Well, and Cam, like, if you and, go and, in there and well, try and, and, and that's what's interesting because. Uh, you were coming home smelling like dog shit because you kind of accidentally signed up for this Muay Thai for dogs class. Um, and, and it was sort of like, it was similar to your segue debacle. Tell, it took tell, a me, while. About, tell, tell me about this. Tell me about the uh, Muay Thai for dogs so shit it's, class. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. In an effort, well, you know, Ontario has been, um, now that it's kind of like legalized and we've been promoting uh, um, Ontario gambling. Gambling is now kind of, you can bet 365, you can do the score bet, and in an attempt to kind of coincide along with that, um, a couple gr- a couple special interest groups are trying to legitimize dogfighting, um, and sort of thought the like the worst part about it was that the dogs didn't know what they were doing. It was like bare-knuckle right. boxing down there, right? It was just right. scrappy. Just it was yeah. just savage, right? And then we thought, you know, maybe if we can kind of train these dogs to fight properly... Um, understand that there's an official there, understand how the game and understand how the sport is played, um, you know, it'd be quite, quite lucrative to bet on. So, Cam, you accidentally signed up for this dog Muay Thai class. And you came you home what, I, I'm, I'm reeking like dog money, shit. Yeah. But pulling in cash like no other. Pulling in cash like no other. Last, Cam, last week, Cam, you took on a shih tzu um, that I heard uh, you, you had mentioned was, um, you know, scrappy, like you said. Put up a good yeah. fight, but I think you ended up... Ankle uh, biter. Ankle biter. That's really what it was for you. Yeah, I that's think. his nickname coming into the ring, ankle biter. Yeah, yeah. They, that's, that's what they were kind of... That was the moniker that he was given, and it was quite difficult. But yeah, I'm going to... No, I'm, I'm sweating enough to shower all the... To sweat, shower after the gym. That's an automatic. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get... I depend... Yeah, I can depends. And I also find that... Eating, because I know what you're saying, like, don't want to eat before you train. I find that if I'm doing an overhead press day, which is um, shoulders, like, overhead pressing, main lift, chin-ups, pull-ups, biceps, and um, just a bunch of shoulder accessory work, that's not that taxing. Like, it's taxing your body, but not on your, if you're doing squatting or deadlifting, you're going to puke if you eat within an hour beforehand. Yeah, I definitely don't want to eat before, uh, you know, before. Maybe bench. I can maybe do bench, but that's a little bit iffy. But see, I I can't go in the morning either because I can't do it on an empty stomach. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. In that kind I think of you could. I think no, I've tried. I've it. tried it before and it doesn't work. I've d- and I don't mean I did it once and it was not good. I've tried this five or six times to go to the gym and try to perform well on a banana and peanut butter. Doesn't fucking work. So. That's kind of like my before work is out of the question. I also do not want to go to the gym before work, so suck my dick. I'm not doing it. That, that's right, all you morning folks. That's right. Yeah. I'm a morning folk, but I don't have time in the morning to go to the gym because that's when um, that's when me and the busy bee go uh, out walking and go to the um, you know the place where dogs run around. But I can't say the word or that dog gets excited about it. 
It starts yeah. with a P, ends with a K. Um, perk. Plowing ahead. Okay, uh, plowing ahead. It. Let's. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, I was going to say, you probably didn't see it, but the Tyson Fury fight just ended. I don't know if you caught this. No, I, I think I knew he was fighting, didn't know what was happening right now. How did it end for him? Destroyed him with an uppercut. It was beautiful. He, Six round. He won or he lost? He won. Okay, he won. that's good. Yeah, I, like him. I like him, so I'm glad. Oh, he's fun. Yeah, I mean, who gets named the Tyson after Mike Tyson, last name Fury, as a real name, and then becomes the heavyweight champion of the world? Like, that. that's a storybook ending right there. And that's he says that's his last fight. No one believes him. But uh, that's what he's telling, it. and it was at Wembley Stadium with eighty thousand people, something stupid like that. Wow! So uh, great event. It was just wild. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Congratulations, uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, let's let, let's give you a little segment here on this one. Um, let's give you a little. Let's give you a little notes. Notes. We got some notes. We got some notes. 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 We got some notes. Notes for the fans. How's that sound? Yeah. Hit it up. Um, Cam, of course, uh, listeners of the show are very excited for the two season pod invitational celebrity pro-am for the cure, of course, um, <laughs> where, uh, we will be, it'll be all sorts of golf all throughout the weekend. We're very excited for that to actually happen. Last week it came up in discussion. Um, when it comes to some of the specifics, uh, to do with the dress code for the PGA tour. Okay. Just some of the specifics. Uh, here I got one for you. Specifically, when it came to five panel hats, Cam, because we want to go out there. We want to look good. We want to look the part. You wear pants uh, for some reason, even though you don't have to. You're not playing pro, but you, we, we, we want to make sure that we're kind of abiding by the rules while playing well. And, uh, Cam, I'm happy to say that any form of uh, hat is good. You're all good. Well, Greg Greg normally used to wear a cowboy hat. Exactly. Cowboy and guess hat. what? It's good. Yeah, anything uh, like um, uh, traditional baseball caps, cowboy hats, five-panel hats, uh, bucket hats. They're all good. It's all legal. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah. What about army helmets? Army helmets. Ooh, I do not know. Um, they didn't specify that. Might be faux pas right now. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. They didn't specify that. However, uh, wear your five panel all you want. All you golfers out there. Good to know. You want to wear a visor? You wear a visor. And I don't I don't think a visor is acceptable anywhere but a golf course. Um, even there even there, I'm <laughs> questioning it. I feel like I feel like a tennis player would wear a visor. I feel like that's a tennis player thing, too. Men tennis players, though I see women tennis players. Yeah, because yeah, because you need the po- you want the pony to poke out back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. men wear the visor on tour, like Bubba Watson visor. See, classic, great, fantastic example of that very piece of headwear, Greg the Shark Norman, like you had just said. Yeah, you know? he's got an ESPN. Okay, ES- he has an ESPN thirty for thirty documentary that came out called The Shark or Shark, where it talks about him sharding away the ninety eighty eight Masters. I think it was. Anyway. I go next day to stream it, and I go through all my illegal methods, right? Nothing available. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'll try and do this legally. I can't find a legal way to watch it. It's ridiculous. Like, there's no way in Canada. There's like, unless you get Furbo TV for $20 a month and you pay up front. You're like, fuck you, and I don't even know if it's on there. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Canadian cable system is terrible, and it's not going to change, because obviously they're making money hand over feet, and why would they change it at all? Um, I believe it's hand over fist, is what you're... Uh, well, my hands are over my feet when I'm standing upright, um, so... Hands over ground, like... But we don't say that. Well, I well, yeah. Well, let's play it by year, and we'll uh, figure this one out for next week. Um, yeah, let's play it by year, and we'll put our hands over. And we'll put our, our hands feet. over our feet. Um, yeah. and we'll check that out. But uh, yeah, it's I'm the I'm the guy who messed these things up, Cam. I expect a higher level of you. I'm the guy who says the wrong thing and walks through it confidently. Yeah, you do say the wrong. You do oftentimes say the wrong thing, and right. uh, walk through it confidently. Uh, similarly to that um, women's studies course that you took in second year university, Cam. Do you remember? Do you remember that those particular circumstances? The debates. I can't believe I won them because I, I had no part of them. Y- yeah, no part, no interest, no preparation. But if you pause with what you're saying and speak down to people, they respect you. Yeah, Cam. Well, and and well, you really took that quite literally. You kind of uh, you you approached your debate platform with a little stool, a little apple, a little wooden apple box that you stood on. Um, you thought, and then you kind of did that that uh, Bill Clinton half thumb up thing <laughs> uh, while you're addressing the crowd. Uh, and it, 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 it seemed to work, though, oddly enough. Half the half debate is not the debate. Half the debate is finding clever nicknames to call your opponent. Crooked Hillary, uh, Sleepy Joe. You know, just, just find names to call your opponent. Eventually, people don't care about the main points in the argument. They care solely about... What do I view as Sleepy Joe? Who do I think of Hil- Crooked Hillary? And and that's right? the thing. And that is oftentimes how you win debates, Cam. But your your nicknames weren't clever at all. You were really just calling people cunts. I yeah. think. Yeah. And I and anytime they said I couldn't say, that, I said freedom of speech. Right. It was freedom it, it was of speech. You, you tried to do this like what people think woke is, uh, but you were you were just so incredibly off. Literally speaking down to uh two people. It was it was quite a debate to see. I remember I sat in on that class. I uh <laughs> And I bet you walked out thinking, damn, I think I agree with him. I'm not sure what I agree on, but holy shit. That's true. It was I want him for it was the it was the first and last time I ever audited a class. So I guess you did leave some kind of impression on me. Yeah, applause is all around. <laughs> Amazing. Applause, Incredible. I, it was applause is all, applause is all around. Um, none from the spectators, though. You had sort of hired a group of people. Um, that is half the battle. Half? To kind of sit around the, the classroom. Um, and, I, and I'll be honest, which, is a, great, which is a great idea. Um on, uh, maybe their t-shirts that read we're misogynists maybe uh they shouldn't have worn those shirts that was a bold choice do you think it was too much when they introduced the other speaker that i had those same fans singing the kurt angle you suck you suck as the uh singing at them to kind of let them know what to expect going forward well and i think what's so interesting about that is that you tried um to almost make it like a point you know whereas kurt angle would uh pour milk 
over his face um, in his in the prime of his run. You you tried to really lean into that, but it was breast milk this time. It was truly one of the strangest debates I've ever seen. And I uh, know we don't have confirmation on this, but it might actually be the reason why the women's studies program was shut shut down at Laurier. Um, there it was some heavy I, rumors that your particular debate was the reason. All I say is I put it as the third line of my resume. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that I guess that's where it has to go, Cam. Um, it was fantastic. Shout out to all of our Laurier listeners out here. Cam, do you want to play another game? Yeah, hit me up. Here, I got one for you. We're gonna play something we haven't played in a little while. Of course, I'm talking about a little death. Cam, we're looking at a little uh, wheel okay, here right yeah. now. That you can see. Yep. Some of our categories are, we have When You Were Young, a song by the band The Killers. Damn, mm. I Wish I Wrote That, a bit taken directly from Kim Mitchell. Grammar, I Hardly Know Her. I Swear, There's Just Something in My Eye. And finally, You Mean They Can Put a Man on the Moon? So Cam, so we're going to give this one a little spin here. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, baby. We're spinning. And we landed on, I swear, there is something in my eye, Cam. So here's something for you. What is something that makes you cry that probably doesn't make other people cry? Oh, man. This is a small list. Um... I'm the kind of guy who represses emotions at all costs. I mean, I can count the number of times I've cried in the last five years on one hand. I do not cry. And you and, and, avoid- and, and are you talking about the hand that has only two fingers on it? No, I, I can think of in the last five years. Five years is a long time. I'm going to say the last two years, two times I've cried. And uh, they've both been from dying dogs. I was going to say, That's I, it. well, I was going to say when Darla said her first words. When, yeah, and then when she said she was going to get married, that, that's really put me Well, when you were walking Darla down the okay, aisle, I got that one. was a beautiful I, moment. I do have one which almost made me cry, which is almost going to make no one else cry. It's a redemption story, okay? When I was watching highlights for the UFC, and they were showing the redemption of a fighter who got injured, he fell off hard times, started having some losses, came back, and then won a championship. And it was a show of him in the ring holding a belt, crying. I almost teared up looking at that. No one cries watching the UFC because that's some bitch shit. But holy, that almost got me. Well, yeah, sports sports can make the uh, can make the hardest man soft, right? I guess. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Lit- I just look it up for pure violence. Literally and figuratively sometimes, too. Yeah. Okay, Cam, you want to spin it again? Yes, please. Let's spin here. Oh, tipping over. To Damn I Wish I Wrote That, a segment stolen directly from Kim Mitchell. Uh, Cam, you are not a, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think this can go without saying you're not a musician yourself. I went and saw the Arkells last night, so that counts for something. I don't think it necessarily counts. However, um, you've been surrounded by musicians and great music, uh, throughout your entire life. So Cam, uh, damn, I wish I wrote that. What song or album do you wish that you wrote or you were credited for? What song do you wish you wrote? Hotline Blank. Easily, it, 
uh, something that pops, something hot like that, probably easy enough to write. You know, be a part of the producer credits and then hopefully just rake in the money. Is the song that great? No, but it's catchy, right? And that's what we're looking for, something that just brings in the revenue, right? I could pick something even more like that, like um, I want to have written Let It Be, but be the ghostwriter for it, but be paid out. Is it a thing where I wish, damn, I wish I'd wrote that? No, Cam, because I've never written a song in my life, nor do I plan to, nor will I ever. Um, I'm not a musician. I don't pretend to be a musician, but I look at it as the financial aspects of it. So you're yeah you're looking purely in terms of mon- monetary money gained or lost. Yeah, I just can't see myself being like I've never listened to someone be like, oh, I wish I wrote that because I'm like I don't even know what writing music means like. Like the closest thing I have is cheap ripoffs of when you're in the zone and nothing goes your way. Like I come up with my own lyrics to a song I already know. I didn't write the song. I didn't come up with anything really original except for poorly listening skills and then thinking I heard something I didn't. Well, Cam, I mean, right, wishing that you wrote Cheeseburgers for the Apocalypse, um, the the rock to-be-released rock opera by Dan Turner, I mean, I mean, you just you just said um, financial opportunity right there. <laughs> that could be financial opportunity out the butt. Out the wazoo. 20%. You do own 20% of those lyrics um, because many, much of the story was sort of uh, molded over, like kind of after your treatment of Dan Turner. Um, you know, like just, it was just kind of mirroring the unsupportive father that I'm sure he had. Yeah, we never got to meet his father. I'm glad. Uh, Cam, do you want to <laughs> give it another spin? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Come on. Oh, again. Wow. Another one. Another is just squeaking it in there. Grammar. I hardly know her, Cam. You are now 27? Yes. 27, turning 28 Uh, come this December. Um, But even as an adult... You can't be perfect, so Cam, what word do you still spell wrong to this day? Uh, exercise. Almost oh, every time. good one. That's a good one. Can you spell it for us right now? E X C E R S I C E. Nah, I think you. I th- I, I do think you mixed up uh, an R I there. E X E R E X. E R C I C I S E. God, that is a hard I, one. Yeah, it's tricky, and I haven't been able to nail that one down. And I nor do I try. I just click on the little red line and cl- fix it. Of course, but you know, with no red lines, if you're doing it all freehand like a chump. Who the fuck writes freehand these days? Also, I would never write the word exercise because I'd never be confident enough. Uh, <laughs> I write, uh, you know, when I'm taking down my Miami Vice notes, I'm uh, I'm writing down freehand. Oh, but that's the thing. I can read it, right? Yes, you see the word and you say to yourself, I'm clearly trying to say exercise, even yeah, though it might X-R- not. XR. X. And then <laughs> XR size. X-R-S-I-Z-E. Exercise. Exercise. You could be onto something here. You could be onto yeah. something here. So let's give you one more spin here on the wheel of death uh, before this comes comes to a close. I'm We're hoping spinning. for when you were young. You sit there in your heartache. 
The one category you didn't get, Cam. You mean they can put a man on the moon? Cam. um, Is that a reference to Kid Cudi's album? Uh, no, it's more of an expression. It's more of a reference to the expression in which will imply the question I'm going to ask Sam, uh, Cam. So you mean they can put a man on the moon? What's something that in 2022 still shocks you that we can't do it better or more efficiently? Um, oh, I think about this all the time. Um, what the fuck is it? The one thing is, um, fuck. I've had so much thoughts about this. Is streaming services all being connected? So we 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 streaming has just been broken out. So oh sorry, no, I have the answer. I have the answer. It had to do with streaming. Sports has terrible streaming. Everything else has figured out streaming. Sports is the only one who has terrible fucking contracts with giant producers, so you can't stream them. NHL goes through ten different broadcast partners. Goes through TSN. Goes through Sportsnet. I could go through NHL app. I'd pay $70 per season or like $130 per season, but I'd get blackout for games because I live in Toronto and Toronto has access to other things. It's fucking stupid. And uh, UFC has broadcast deals, so I can't just pay for the app. If I were to be a UFC fan, I would pay up to $100 per month if I want to be a true UFC fan and not pirate it. But oh, ho, ho, I will always be a pirate. Um, Beyond that, every other sport, NBA, same fucking bullshit. NFL, they've gone to the zone, which is nice, and they have the red zone, so they're somewhat there. But try doing that shit on your phone. And anytime you are trying to stream shit on your phone, it's laggy as fuck. It doesn't fucking work. It's brutal. They need to come up with a WWE model who's done it fucking right. And I'm not a huge WWE supporter, but I do enjoy what he has done for that, at least. That's a good point. Well, you know, kind of we kicked off the broadcast here this afternoon by saying that a lot of these things are broadcasting rights. Uh, That is a good point. However, WWE falls under a similar model as those other things you just spoke of because you can't just have a WWE subscription. No, you need to order it through your cable provider, which means you have to have cable to have the WWE network. Uh, These are all Canadian problems. You're exactly right. Hulu has live sports. If you have Hulu in the United States, you can watch sports. They don't black out the NHL network down there in the States. Um, It is 100% on the shoulders of giants. Of course, we're talking about Ted Rogers and Alexander Graham Bell companies. Fucking bastards, man. Right? Yeah, that shit shit pissed me off all the time. As it should. Yeah. And I don't even know who to complain to, right? Ted Rogers, right? Do I go outside and protest? You're streaming shit, right? Your app doesn't work. And I do, <laughs> I, and I do think he's dead. So you I would pay be, too much for you this. Would be I don't pay for this. Petitioning on somebody's grave. I will uh, always be a pirate. Arr, matey. Arr. You're the captain of the ship now. I'm the fucking captain of the ship now. Dana White, fuck you. Well, heard it here first. I, I, I think we may, we've definitely said that here on the show many times. Uh, so you heard it here again. Fuck off. Ben- if you're Dana White, you can go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself, Dana White. Let me watch sports for free, goddamn. Let me it. watch your shit for free, Dana. Speaking of this fight is or this uh, episode is brought to you by Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chan Sung Jung, the latest pay per view that came out with over two hundred thousand buys. Looking for the next world pay per view? Go to ESPNPlus.com to order your next pay per view. Unless you are in Canada, where you have to go through your cable provider TSN or download the app, where you will buy through it. Is there? This is a broad partner of 
UFC. Anyway, fuck Dana White. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Reddit. Reddit. Search Reddit slash whatever the league you want to watch for free shit. You want to watch UFC for free, Reddit slash UFC. You will find your stream, son. Reddit.com. Use it for stuff other than photos of dead people. Uh, Reddit. Who, who's posting those? Uh, though, that shit's out there. I, I do know. I'm sure it is. I know somebody who has... Who goes to those those places on Reddit? And let me tell, I've, tell I, me have, I haven't personally seen it. Some of those things uh, get me a bit squeamish. Just the other week, we had a uh, a torn patilla tendon at basketball. Um, I didn't look, but I but based on the description, I was told of how it looked. I wouldn't have wanted to see it anyways. That's fair. Um, I I yeah, muscles I can't do. I can do a bone popping out. I can do a compound fracture. But you don't like the floppiness of the muscles. No, I don't like the floppiness. Or like the Anderson yeah. Silva when he kind of like went like have. That's a bone break. I man. can do that. I can do that one. Um, but something about just like when something is in the wrong place. How about a cut that's bone deep? I don't do well with those. I can't think. I can't picture the last time I would have seen something like that. I feel like I could do that. Yeah. I don't like those. And it's, all, when I see, and it's when only I see those as the Reddit thing. I go, I'm no, It's I'm only good. in on real this. life. I can do it in a movie. I can watch anything on a fucking movie. Yeah, cuz you know, but you're like yeah. if I see like a highlight pack on RMMA, it's like bad cut in main event, like not safe for life. You're like, "No, I'm good." And you know there's going to be just like a white part at the end the inside of the cut. You're like, "I don't need to see not that." Not safe for life. Like that's one yeah, beyond that, not that, safe that's, for work. Yeah, not safe for work. You're like, "Could be anything." That right? Could just be just a like, tit. That could just be a yeah, tit that could, that could be yeah. like somebody's like one nut kind of like poked out from under yeah. his shorts or something like not that. Not safe for life. That's something you have to th- seriously consider clicking on wow. if you don't want to think about it at night. Yeah, I'm sure you have, I'm surprised you haven't heard that one before. No, I don't NSFL. I don't go to that uh I don't go to that part of the internet. You know, I don't Cam, that's what I'm saying. I I it's the warning is there if you don't want to go to that part. It's not that you're going to that part to find it. It's that it's hey, just so you know, there is a path over here. Well, I think it was actually just recently I found not not maybe recently. I, and when I say that, I mean like a year ago, maybe a year and a half. I kind of just found out what NSFW stood for. I didn't know it stood for not safe for work. Um, also, because I worked yeah. a job where kind of anything went, uh, and I, so I didn't yeah, quite understand I, I, the uh, the I implication mean, there or whatever. Um, I, I I've never had to use it in a work context. Yeah, 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 and these are also assuming very staunch, uh, yeah. kind of uptight workplaces where you're wearing a suit and everyone's kind of like clickety clackety there on their cubicle. Uh, maybe yeah. not a liberal workplace where people. Can it bring also in assumes dogs. that you're just like. It's also assuming that you're like browsing Reddit at work. You're like, oh, can't click on this link. Like, yeah, I feel like all if you're of browsing Reddit, work at work, yeah, yeah, all of like, it. You're like, if someone walks, like your boss walks around, you're browsing Reddit. It's gonna be like, oh, I didn't see boss. I didn't click on the not safe for work link. It's like, no, get off the fucking website. Get, I don't pay you for this. Yeah, like as an employer, would you rather see your uh, your, your employees on Reddit looking at you, you know a video of the history of Neopets? Or would you rather them being on Reddit watching, you know, some guy get a cleat to the face and it pokes his eye? I don't know. I don't know. The eye ends up on the cleat, not in the head. That'd be kind of cool. Seen that before. If, on the um, dark places of Reddit, like I said, Cam. You're all about it. Yeah, seen it all. Seen it all. Been through there. 
Um, let's get ahead to our um, slice of ice here, Bubs. Walking on the beach and it's really hot. I think I'm gonna go get a pina colada. Miami Vice is a slice of ice. My Miami Vice is a slice of ice. Wearing cool clothes and smoking cigars. Say hello to my little friend. Miami Vice is a slice of ice. My Miami Vice is a slice of ice. Let's do that because every single week we uh, recap the adventures of Sonny Crockett and Ricardo Tubbs as they take down uh, the Miami, the seediest underbelly of Miami. Um, just picture a really fat guy whose belly is hanging over his shorts and how gross that flap would be if you were to pull it up to look under. But here's the key. Uh, we only have five minutes to recap the week's episode. Um, so, Cam, you're going to kick this one off for us here. We're talking episode eight, the the three-eyed turtle. Was that what it was called? Uh, that 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 was the title that I caught, but that's yeah. I found like different streams have found had different names and even different numbers, which is confusing because like I thought this was seven, but One Eyed Jack was before this. Well, yeah, it was double episode. It was because the season, the series premiere was one two was was like one, but also we're treating it as a one two because it it was kind of on uh, consecutive weeks or whatever. Uh, Cam, so we have the stop watches out, and we're ready to go. Cam, are you kicking this one off? And three, two, unos, gos. The Vice team has arranged an arms sales deal, but the dealers are running late. Seeing that there's too many civilians in the area, Castillo attempts to call the operation off, but the moment, the, but at that moment, the dealers arrive. They meet with Crockett, check the money, and he pulls the, one of the dealers into his cars, speeding away, taking him in. The rest of the Vice squad moves in, but the remaining dealer escapes in their van, opening fire as they take off. <clears throat> no one is hurt, but Tubbs is angered by the criminal's use of machine guns, which he hates. This guy, uh, the guy Crockett took to the in the ride gives up a fellow gun dealers under interrogation but they're just middlemen for the main supplier international gun runner Tony Amado Crockett Tubbs break into Amado's waterfront home and plant several bugs plan to keep the house under surveillance from the bay um, later that day Crockett moves his boat offshore and suddenly the yacht is complete is boarded by agent Papas and McIntyre of the FBI who attempt to take over the stake that they're currently in they reveal that they are chasing consignment of Stinger missiles that were stolen from the National Guard Armory and suspect Amato had something to do with them, who could potentially sell them to terrorists and help bring down commercial jetliner. The two groups reach a compromise. The fight scops will get Amato and the FBI will get the Stingers. <clears throat> While observing Amato, the group on Crockett's boat find he is physically and mentally abusive to his wife, Rita, throwing her in the pool because he disapproves of her dinner dress. Afterwards, they monitor Rita, calling a friend to arrange a hitman to kill Amato. The vice cops, are, uh, the vice cops take the tape of Rita's conversation to the base, where they play it for Papas. But the federal agents do not share their assessment that Rita plans to have her husband killed and take no action. Continuous surveillance reveals that Amato's Jamaican contact, Dupas, is headed into Miami to arrange for the sale of the Stingers. As Amato has never met DePaz, the vice unit intercepts him at the Miami International Airport and replaces him with Tubbs, who has pulled off his Jamaican accent several times already. Meanwhile, Crockett overhears Rita receiving a call from the hitman arranged by her friend. He goes to meet her and scares off the hitman with his badge before meeting Rita in his place. Cam, go ahead. 
Crockett approaches Rita, uh, but she's scared. Um, she's scared to go through with ratting Tony out. Of course, Tony, played by Bruce Willis. How did you not catch that right off the bat? She's tried to run away before, but Tony does everything in his power to keep her close, including getting his goons to rape his lawyer's wife. Jesus fucking Christ. Crockett does tell her that she that he is a cop. Back at the station, Crockett and Tubbs are debriefing her about the situation. Rita is skeptical that they can do anything because Tony is too smart. Crockett and Tubbs need her to go back home so they can get more info on the wiretap. And Crockett promises to put Tony away once and for all. Just then we cut to Tony's crew with a disguised Tubbs arriving to test the weapons he has stolen. So one of the goons pulls out a rocket launcher and is, uh, and is showing Tubbs how the heat-seeking missiles work. He even shoots down a bird to explode it. Jesus Christ. At a bar, Tony and Tubbs are hashing out the details for a $75,000 deal, and Tubbs says he will take everything, and they settle out the details. On the boat, Tony gets home and calls for Rita as Crockett looks on from his own boat. He bought her some new earrings, but she is still shaken up about everything, so she deci he decides to just slap the shit out of her as Crockett watches on. Back at the station, the FBI guys want to pick him up on a smaller charge, but Crockett wants them to wait a couple more days so they can get him on more. Even the new captain seems to be suspicious about the FBI's agents' motives. They agree the bust will happen tomorrow after Tubbs makes the deal. Back on the boat, we're listening to Tony on the phone while Tony notices the bug on his phone. Tubbs thinks on his feet and calls Tony pretending that he had surveillance on him. So they agree to push the deal forward and it's going down tonight. Tony and Tubbs meet at the airport where they check each other for wiretaps in the men's room. Meanwhile, the tech boys find the van full of weapons while another Phil Collins songs plays over the Miami night. Crockett arrives to find Tubbs getting on a large boat ready to make the deal. Cross Crockett swings onto the boat like a pirate and cocks his gun. Tubbs and Tony trade money for merchandise, but the FBI agents show up early before Tubbs can get out safely. A shootout ensues after that. Crockett shoots somebody uh, who falls off the boat as Tubbs arrests Tony. Crockett calls Rita to let her know they've caught him, but she seems upset when she asks if they killed him, and Crockett says no, but they'll be putting him away for a long time. And the next morning, we see her getting into a cab. Crockett and Tubbs pull up to the station with Tony while the FBI guys arrive uh, and say that they're releasing Tony. What? Apparently, Tony is a conduit for weapons from South America, and they need him to keep operating so they can take out bigger bad guys. Just then, Rita shows up after he's been released, pulls a gun out, and before Crockett can stop her, we hear a big gunshot, and the camera freezes. That's the end of the episode. That is time. Beautiful. Tune in next week to see if anyone's dead. Probably not, because, I mean, we got five more seasons. I doubt they'd change the characters up now, but you never know. No, well, Rita was shooting Tony. Big, big palm to the forehead of uh, of Cam over there. Yeah, that's what was happening. She wasn't shooting Crockett or Tubbs or the fucking uh, the, the the lieutenant Edward James almost. Yeah, she was shooting Tony. Plowing ahead here. <laughs> that's why Crockett was like, no, because there's, you know, there's, so much, there's so much going on in this show, man. Like, compared to all the other shows we've watched, which are just so cut and dry, like, I know what's going to happen in the episode. There's so many characters getting brought in, and the relationships with international uh, dealers, well, it is pretty... Uh, no, it, 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 yeah, it, feel, it feels more standard. You know, these are the types of things you just do. There's two main characters. 
yeah. few tertiary characters, and then every week there's a new bad guy. It's still, yeah. it's guess, still yeah, like it's, the it's, same it's, kind of thing. Um, however, yeah, the the, the drama in, in this show is, is is fantastic. This was actually the first episode of the show without the original executive producer um, who created the show. Um, after like episode seven, he walked away from the production, leaving it completely in Michael Mann's hands. So um, will that... How did you pick up on this? Uh, I read. I used my eyes. No. Fair enough. Okay. I, I, you know, I use the internet for things other than NSFW. Sometimes I use NSFL. it for exclusively safe for ESFW. <laughs> exclusively safe for work. Only safe for work. Only safe for work. Es- especially safe for work. Especially which is, safe for work. Yeah. Excel has a rating of especially safe for work. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. So tune in next week. We'll have episode nine for you. We're chugging our way along through the season one, and I'm so happy. And of course. When the when the series is over, we will be watching the Colin Farrell Jamie Fox remake movie um, to bring you another movie episode, which we haven't done in a uh, long, long time. I really miss that theme song. How do those do for views? The movie episodes versus the other ones? No, it's no like the movie, like the remake. I I know that. I, what I'm saying is for our podcast when we do solely movie uh, movie podcast. True, 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 true. Well, yeah. Cliff? Well, our our normal listens are about here. I'm going to bring up the stats here. Last week's episode was uh one million seven hundred twenty three thousand four hundred sixty one views. Um, okay. when we did our Shark Tale episode, that actually tripled. Um, so that was closer into the range of 427,000, oh, sorry, how sorry, much was four, that, sorry, 4.2 million. How much was that because of the publicity from the Italian industry of industry people? Now, of course, as we know, the Italian, the, I, I, the Italian American, like, protection agency who fights to, uh, lessen the stereotypes, um, that uh, Hollywood gives Italian Americans, uh, they were actually through the roof. With our particular review about that uh, that podcast, so or sorry of that movie, so uh, tune in for Shark Tale Two. It was written. There is a script for it. It just never got made, unfortunately. Let's plow ahead to our next game. Yeah, sure. All right. It is headliner ass time. Hey, 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 Headline or asinine? Where we try and fool each other with possible headlines and possible shenanigans. Asinine? Cam, I got one for you here. Georgia man sues Nestle, claiming Kit Kat is not 20% chunkier. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that is the, the risk you run as a company, you know? Yeah, you say, Kit Kat, now with 20% more chunky. You know, somebody has too much time in their hands. They're going to break it down. They're going to look at a previous Kit Kat bar. They're going to look at a Kit Kat chunky bar. They're going to analyze the exact materials and specifications within the bar uh, to determine if it is, in fact, 20% chunkier now what makes a Kit Kat chunky is well I, personally I love a Kit Kat chunky because it's like a Kit Kat but big you know so there's no actual chunk in it um which would lead you know possibly you know that could that could have been if there's a lawsuit pending or whatever that could be possibly somewhere in the fine print you know like warning Kit Kat chunky is not quote chunkier it's just a large Kit Kat um but I'm sure this has happened for other companies you know um 
whether it be candy, yeah, whether it be Lucky Charms, now with 20% more marshmallows. You know somebody's fucking counting that. You know somebody's doing the math to make sure. Um, but because a Kit Kat Chunky is just a big Kit Kat, there's nothing that makes it chunky per se, I'm going to say this one's asinine. This one is asinine. It's good though. But then again, they haven't, I think in times I've read that Kit Kat is no longer 20% chunky regardless of what they have on the... It's actually decreased in size. Have you seen this new... Uh, they've got potato chips in Reese, in Reese cups now? Get it, Taylor. I saw a commercial for that one the other day because apparently, as we know, my YouTube doesn't know me at all, so it just starts promoting <laughs> chocolate for some fucking reason because I'm always eating chocolate, Cam. Be honest. <laughs> Alright, hit me up Cam, I got a headline here for you uh, Headline Rast 9 uh, Girl shot while waiting for the Easter Bunny Oh, that's a tough That's a tough Easter um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough Easter <laughs> Womp, and they, womp <laughs> And they say Jesus had it hard Womp, womp uh, what is the situation here? Waiting for the Easter Bunny. Um, you know, school's back in session. Um, gun violence is probably way up in the <laughs> USA. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty t- classic tale of someone waiting for the Easter Bunny in line at the mall, and then a uh, little mall shooting. Next thing you know, you're shot, and you are the second coming of Jesus if you wake up in three days. That's a headline, big fella, out of Alabama. Or Florida. I'm calling Florida. I'm calling Florida. Cam, this is a headline here for you. Um, this happened in Victorville, California, where a, stone, where a store owner at the mall of Victor Valley opened fired on people who he believed was shoplifting from his store. And in the spray of bullets, ended up hitting a nine-year-old girl who was outside of the store in kind of like the middle part of the mall who was waiting uh, in line for a photo with the Easter Bunny. Markel Crockel. The owner of the store Soul Addict fled the scene immediately after spraying bullets. He was arrested a few hours later in Nevada. The girl is okay. She was shot in the arm with three bullets, shattering the part of her arm, the bones and the part of the arm that uh, that the bullets went through. Of course, she will be fine. Her arm is in a sling. They were next in line. To get a photo with the Easter Bunny, she was there with her grandparents. Um, the store has closed permanently. Uh, the store put out on their Instagram account. Uh, they will no longer be open. But wife, did something bad happen? You need a gun. Exactly. This is every every Republican. That's when the NRA shows up to the Easter Bunny conference, and they're like, "We did, but this is this is this is not how it's seen." Well, because think about it: if the nine-year-old had a gun, she could have shot the yeah, store owner back, that's and right. then it would have been should've... okay. I like tip for tap, Everything... like uh, eye for an eye type tap. of thing. Yeah, tip for tap. Headliner asking on cam: World's largest penis museum faces criticism from minority groups. World's large. Okay. Now this is so tough. yeah. Re- think now, about two this. Thi- think, there's two world, things yeah, here. Yeah, so there's, there's things a couple here. So, things you can think about here. So, the two things here are: is this the world's largest <laughs> penis museum? In that, out of <laughs> all know? the penis museums, this one is the biggest. Or is it a museum of the largest penises in the world? So this can really go either way on this one. <laughs> it's um, a clickbait title. That's like the one both, I'm clicking on. Both are great, right? Because like. 
One is great because to think about it, there's an entire museum devoted to just big dicks. That's great because it doesn't even have to be human penises, right? Doesn't like the like the like the white whale have a penis the size of a car or something like that? You know, like there's these sorts of things, right? So certainly, you know, it's a thing of anatomy and and you know, of course, that would go hand in hand. I'm sure there's the world's largest vagina uh, museum, but but then again, the other side is that there could be a franchise of penis museums. Like, you got a penis museum in Mobile, Alabama. You got a penis museum in Portland, Oregon. You got a penis museum in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And out of all of those, the one in Mobile, Alabama is bigger on a square footage type of thing. Right. You know, they have an expanse. Most, most penises. I, I, yeah, maybe they, their penis collection is larger than the mm. other ones, right? Not you know, In size and stature, right? Because I think, I, because I think if, it would have to be that one. Because for a museum to truly be, like, you would need all sorts of shapes and sizes of penises, right? It's like an art gallery. You're not just going to have the Mona Lisa a bunch of times. You need some shitty art in there to make the good art look better. You need a, you need a, right. you need a small dick to make the big dicks look huge. Um, so which way is it? Okay, so I'm going to say it's a museum. I'm going to say it's actually the largest museum of penises. Whether that is the co total collection of penis, like the amount they have, the square footage. I'm going to say it's, it's not a, just a museum about big dicks. Um, okay, now that we got over that, what was the rest of the headline? Faces. Let me get the verbiage here. Yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the rest of it? Uh, world, world, world's largest penis museum faces criticism from minority groups. Now, minority groups, like what would... That's, that's very vague. Also very vague, uh, because depending on where you are, the minority will switch. Um, you know, uh, depend, yeah, you know, if you're in, uh, if you're in China... White people are the minority, or you move over, and some of things like that. Um, and what would minority? What would people be upset? Because uh, and minority groups, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a visual minority, right? It can be like right. the church. If there's less of them than there are of the others, they are quote the minority. This has clickbait written all over it. I'm very curious about what the groups are. I'm going to say it has to do something with religion, uh, and I am going to say that this is a headline. This is asinine, but based on. A new world's largest penis museum that opened up recently in Norway. Now, Cam, we will answer the sorry in Iceland. We will answer the age-old question: What does it define as biggest? It is the size of the genitalia, and what we're talking about. It started off as a conversation between farmers talking about how they used every type of the animal within uh, farming and they decided why don't we make a museum of the largest genitalia from all different species so i don't think there's a ton of museums like this so it probably is both the world's largest and the world's largest it could be both they kind of like it's the world's largest pen squared penis museum he's amassed 63 specimen so far 63 dicks yeah that's not specimen that's nothing that's a weekend at that, Yeah, that's that's a weekend as far, at the bathhouse as far as I'm concerned, Cam. I have another headline here uh, for you. And, Cam, this is something that has to be on your mind as the big day comes up. Headliner S9, woman marries ex-husband's best man after he professes his love to her during wedding speech. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, that would really throw a derailment. That would really throw things off the rails. Um, but I feel like most of the time that I hear cheating stories of people who are married, it's it was normally the friend and it was like the supportive, you know, that classic episode of uh, Seinfeld where it's like, I'm there for you. And while I'm there for you, then I'm just there. It's that context. So um, the, the story lines up perfectly. The best man, always a friend of the relationship, always supportive of the relationship, always there for them. And eventually just there blows up the wedding. Um, that all goes off the rails. They get divorced within 60 days. And that that, that way, that way um, it is not legally binding. So I think you have like 60 days to call it. Now, this is a weird uh, fact for you to know so quickly almost as if it's a saved tab on your <laughs> on your mark, mark, on mark your browser dates. yeah um um yeah because after that then shannon's locked in um then i then i think just kind of it, it, this story's old as time right then they get married after that so headline i don't think this one's crazy at all i think the crazy part is that this person blew up the wedding in the speech that's the saddest part of all Cam, this one is a headline here for you. So here are the details. During Desiree White's wedding, uh, the best man of her then-husband, Bryant, uh, drunkenly confessed his love to her in front of 200 guests in attendance. And there's video. He said, and so now I'm quoting this. This is the direct quote from the footage. I remember the first time I saw Desiree. I loved her. I fell in love with her. I knew she had to be mine. I thought she was the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. End quote. I was there. <laughs> he, he, con <laughs> he concluded this speech by saying, quote, When I found out she had a boyfriend, uh, I met him and we became friends. Love you both. Congratulations. <laughs> and then That's... crickets. Absolute silence. I've never heard a wedding so quiet. Um, so the couple eventually gets, or everybody, the party eventually gets through the night until about a year later when Desiree and her husband uh, started drifting apart after she discovered that her husband had been cheating on her, um, eventually leading to their separation. And all the while, she was thinking of the best man who are now happily married with three kids. Okay, I mean, everyone wins, I think, except for the husband. I guess everyone wins, but you're down, like, 60K. You're down the cost of the wedding. Yeah, but I mean, I bet everyone else had fun. I Oh, I would love to be a plus one at that wedding. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like, did I lose it? No, it's like everyone enjoyed themselves. Look at it that way. <laughs> I guess you can look at it that way, Cam. Right? Always looking on the bright side of things. Hello, astronaut Cam. Man given 65-pound parking ticket because shadow of his car was in disabled spot. The shadow of the car. Wow. Now, that might be a bit much. Um, pounds is happening in England. Uh, I don't know what their rules are about parking. I'm sure they're quite similar to ours here. Now, I don't know the rules on the shadow. That's what I'm confused about. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes, like, you can be parked... Um, you know, like a little bit before or after the sign, you know, maybe, you know, it says no parking on this side, but then you're kind of halfway through that side. Um, and sometimes that's it all could be. I feel like sometimes with parking officials, and I don't know this for true, and I mean, it's just like any career. If someone's having a bad day, they're going to do something about it. 
You know, for all we know, this guy just got back from his honeymoon after his best man confessed his love for his new bride, and he's having a shitty first day back at work. Right? So what are you going to do? You're going to ticket somebody. Now, I didn't know a shadow could come into play, um, but it sounds real enough. So I am going to say that this one's a headline. This is a headline, and uh, this is from a man in England, as you guessed, where Matthew Cole left his silver Ford outside of a car where the parking spot in front of him was a disabled spot, which he did not cross. He came back and found the 65-pound fine, which is not a, a terrible amount of money, but after disputing it, saying, hey, this doesn't make any sense, he was unable to get a hold of anybody, and just like any you know complaint for anything, bureaucracy is a bitch and actually trying to get things resolved even though you didn't do anything um is a pain and there is no rule saying that your shadow can't be in a disabled spot so it was just probably a meter made being a big old bitch like we said sometimes people have a bad day and it'll kind of influence uh influence the decisions that are made on everybody cam i have one final headline here for you uh so here we go headliner asinine seminary student dies while recreating jesus christ's crucifixion So that is the nails through the hands, nails through the feet. And I, did he put them anywhere else? Did he put them in the chest too? Nope, no. Nope, you're just hung up by your uh, by your hands and your feet there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you get quite a bit of blood loss. Um, you kind of hope that the record, because I think they do recreations of it every year, you know, two million times in every country. This guy probably just said, I'm tired of seeing this bullshit, fake-o nonsense. I'm doing it for real. Hammer me in, put the drill bits in, um, and didn't realize that uh, nails work a lot better because they slide out. Drill bits are pretty damaging to the hands. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a bad mistake that uh, I don't think he's coming back in three days. Another, another Easter-related one. Can't appreciate, appreciate the rep- pertinence of it considering tomorrow is Greek Easter. Um, yeah, Cam, well, this one is a headline, uh, for you. This is the story of Sewell Ambrose of Nigeria, who is a first year student training to be a priest at the Claritian Institute of Philosophies, who, during a performance of Passion of the Christ, the play, (laughs) where he played one of Jesus' disciples, St. Peter, at a Good Friday ceremony. It happened during a scene where St. Peter is cutting off a soldier's ear to protect Jesus. The character then collapses, and Ambrose stayed down, as all the onlookers thought it was part of the drama, so they did nothing. Eventually, when they realized he wasn't moving, they rushed him to a hospital where he died later. No information was given about how he died. Um, But I would have to say the the good spin of this, he might be the world's greatest actor. To think somebody would have to be so good at acting that I thought you were dead only to actually be dead. Like, Cam, I've known you for a long time. I feel like I would know if you were dead. I've seen you act. You're terrible. You're a hack. You're a hack. I've seen it before. <laughs> you'll, ne- you'll never make it on Broadway. You'll you're never hack. make it to Broadway. And believe me, you've tried. You you won't. You you've, you you did audition. Uh, you did audition for Hamilton, and it was uh, famously the first "You're Too White" casting note. Uh, so unfortunately, you were uh, you were kind of uh, you know left off of the uh, the final decision. Still in dispute. Still still in dispute. That is a good point. Happened, but still in dispute. Yeah. 
All right, Camo. Um, let's move on to our final segment of the evening. Um, uh, plugs and shrugs. Yeah, of course you're talking plug, plug it or shrug it. 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 Of course, Cam, uh, kick us off here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a plug, Cam. I love being positive. Uh, I wore a pair of Lululemon pants for two years, every, pretty much every day. You know how I wear You Cam, we're men, right? We wear the same pairs of pants most days. Mm-hmm. I would say 80% of the time, but in a month, we're wearing the same pairs of pants. I wore these things until they were faded at the knees, ripped at the crotch, breaking at the seam. Two years. This is what pants do when you wear them all the time. As you'd expect. Apparently, Lululemon has a policy that if it's a manufacturer's defect, they'll give you a new pair of pants. I walk in there, no receipt, no nothing. I say, I got these as a gift. I'd like to return them after two years of wearing them. And they go, what kind are they? I go, ABC pants. They go, great. We'll walk you over here. Here's a brand new pair of pants. That's $160 pants. And I am wearing them right now. What a fucking deal. Jesus Christ. So now you've had two pairs of pants um, for like the price of one, I guess. And, and get this. The first time I bought them, I got them on sale. And you never see shit on sale from Lululemon. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's great. No, so, that's, that's, a, that's a great piece of advice. Follow the uh, manufacturer warranties type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have a great one. So highly recommend. That's fantastic, Cam. Uh, way to go. Um, I'm going to give you a shrug this week. I've spent two games down there at the Jurassic Park cheering on the good old Toronto uh, Raptors. I'll be there for some Leafs games. You can damn well betcha. However, um, I, I, if, if you're going to a place to cheer for sports, whether you're there in the arena, whether you're outside staring at a screen, whether you're at a bar, fucking pay attention. Don't go yeah. unless you're not talking about the sports. You're not cheering about the sports. If you're not there for the one purpose, for example, if you walked into a class at university, you wouldn't just sit there and talk, right? You probably wouldn't sit there. The point to be there is to be in the class and to sit there and learn. Sports can be no different. If the game is playing at a bar and you're going to socialize, yeah, you can do that at home. Why the fuck would you leave the house? Clearly, nobody else wants to socialize. That's why they're there watching the game. All the people who are there at Jurassic Park. There's one woman, I swear, she was never facing the screen. I never, she was. She had her back to the screen the entire time. You can't help but think to yourself, God, that could have been the ticket of some kid who wanted to fucking be there. That's where I'm shrugging today, folks. Um, if you're going somewhere to cheer for something, for a purpose, do the thing. Or just fucking stay at home. Especially at sold-out events. Especially at a sold-out event. You're taking the potential pleasure away from somebody else. So don't do it. That was my shrug for the week. And thank you for listening to another episode of Two Season of Pod. You can rate, review, like, subscribe. The show is everywhere. Two Season of Pod, we'd love to hear from you. Of course, the Two Season of Pod Celebrity Pro-Am Invitational is coming up. Uh, so you're definitely not going to want to miss that. Um, get your names in now. We're still filling out roster spots. I think Drew Carey just signed up as a celeb. Uh, so you can be paired up with him um, to play around, uh, which is very exciting. Chris, Chris Delia is coming in. 
uh, Chris Famous Chris D- D- Delia. Chris Delia, of course, not De- cr- not D- Delia. Yes, yes. Not Chris Delia, the uh, the shame comedian. Of course, we're talking about Christopher Delia, the Netflix comedy producer. They are different men. Uh, we established this about sixty episodes ago, so just go back and listen because I don't want to redo it. Um, and uh, yeah. we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. And never forget, decorating Easter eggs is a Ukrainian tradition. I'm Cam LeClaire, signing off. We'll see you next week. Take care, folks. Continuing tonight on Two Seas in a Pod. 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's in a